0: Welcome to the first episode of Season 2 of A pay rate all day. I'm Dylan. I'm Aaron. And this is a special episode. Special because while we were having this conversation, we decided it was the start of Season 2. But, <laughs> but also special because we have our friend Drew with us today, popularly known on social media as the Clean Libertarian.
1: Yes, yes, I like this localization technique. So yeah. first episode he's yeah he's from Yukon uh, here in Oklahoma yes. very active in the party um, you know just a great guy uh, advancing liberty every day
0: yes and we have some some interviews in common we were both at the uh, regional convention or the state convention from our last episode or one of our last episodes so we had a great conversation so without further delay here's our conversation with Drew.
2: All right, so um, hey everybody, thanks for joining in, and uh, this is the first ever clean libertarian Sapere all day mashup, and uh Hell yeah, we're all we're all hanging out, and we're going to talk about some drugs. So <laughs> yeah, Do you like so, drugs, kids? Y'all like drugs? But um, <laughs> that what what's driven me to want to talk about this, and I'm glad that uh my my buddies here were were willing to have me on and. And join me to have this discussion is that I've been seeing a lot of people um, not really be able to distinguish the difference in between decriminalization and legalization of drugs. And um, here's the problem with that is that one will absolutely fix the problems that we have in this country, while the other is mental masturbation. In my in my <laughs> opinion, um, w- what about you guys? W- what do y'all think, just off the cuff, about? the differences between the two?
0: Uh, I think um, I mentioned this to you last week when we brought this up. I think they are they are inherently different. I think some people will use the terms as if they mean the same thing, and they, they definitely do not. Um, I think decriminaliz- decriminalization is generally a step, Towards legalization. That's how I view it, and that's why, if I'm going to choose between obviously the way things are right now and decriminalization, I'm going to choose decriminalization every single time. But I do that, and I feel like a lot of libertarians do that, kind of on the way with like legalization being the long-term goal.
1: Well, and um, and and yeah, a lot of there are certain libertarians that would. That would take decriminalization over legalization because there's less revenue going to the state that way, um, and and that's basically the main reason why why they would do that. But I mean, having it having a, having marijuana semi legalized in Oklahoma so far, you know, storefronts they have a, a legitimate business operation, uh, whereas with decriminalization, you're not really able to have that. So I think. Um, there's pros and benefits to both, but I much rather prefer the outright legalization um, with lower tax taxes than they have right now.
2: Um, Absolutely. I mean, that's, I think that's I'm at. I think the libertarian stance would be to eliminate the state altogether uh, in, in terms, <clears throat> and let let the damn market do its thing. Um, but and this is kind of the the argument that I had uh, here recently on Twitter with somebody and, and this person, if they're listening, uh, you you. You had the right idea. You just had, you're, you're wrong, and I'm going to tell you why <laughs> right now. Um, but the, when discussing from an anarchist point of view and arguing for decriminalization over legalization, the problem is is that even using the terminology decriminalization in and of itself implies a state, um, and yeah. so. The, the hesitancy that occurs is due to the fact that people think, oh, well, when it gets legalized, then you get taxes and regulations and this and that. And it's like the reclassification of a drug to be able to be brought to market is completely divorced from the regulations that occur afterwards. What the government does with the substance has no bearing whatsoever on the term legalization or the term decriminalization. Um The problem that we have right now, uh, with, with drugs in this country, um, is every, there's so many different things that are being spiked with fentanyl. Uh, fentanyl is a very, very cheap painkiller and it is very potent and a lot of people are overdosing and dying. Um. What we've seen with the lockdowns is a lot of uh, in-person recovery meetings, 12-step meetings are are not able to meet anymore because churches are closed or or there's mandates about gatherings of people, and so they're not able to meet. And so there's a lot of people relapsing right now, and with relapse comes overdose. Um, My problem with drugs being on the black market is there is no – way to give the consumer confidence in what they're purchasing. There is no way uh, or method for a consumer to seek damages for buying a bad product. Um, When I go to CVS, I don't have to worry about that aspirin being aspirin, you know, like that. I know what I'm buying in that aspirin bottle is aspirin, but um, the same can't be said whenever I go and buy some black tar heroin. I don't know what I'm getting. And every damn dealer on the face of the earth is always gonna say, oh, well, this is the, the good shit. Well, yeah, they're gonna right. say that, you know? <laughs> they wanna sell that. Um so yeah. You know. yeah. Have you guys ever heard of
1: uh, uh Mario Karts?
2: No. But like the game, the video game?
1: Okay, no. So there was this uh this I know a couple of friends that that purchased these, you know, when Prohibition was still mostly in effect in Oklahoma. Um they basically vape cartridges like this one. Um, Uh supposed to have THC in them, but they were laced with like pesticides and shit. And, um, this was a big thing that (laughs) circulated around a lot of the groups I was in a few years ago. And that was like, you know, some of my friends had purchased those and, and consumed those. And of course it's, you can't have any recourse there. It's just don't go back to that guy again. You know, that's all it
2: is. Yeah, yeah, that's uh that's fucked up. That's really bad. The reason they called you. them
1: Mario Kart's was because the branding had like the Nintendo characters on there from Mario Kart.
0: Um, Unlicensed okay. characters. So it, it looked kinda <laughs> like it looked, legit. it
1: looked legit. to someone, you know, just the layman, but yeah. uh it turned out to be laced.
2: So I'll be damned. There was a, yeah. actually as Last uh, winter, this last winter in Norman, there was a guy going around selling what he claimed was China white heroin, and it was not China white heroin. I knew mm-hmm. four people who were overdosed from that shit, and it was fentanyl and a cocktail of other stuff. We don't know what it was, but uh, one of them didn't make it. You know, the mm-hmm. other three, thank God, made it. But um, there's no – what what so for those families of the person who passed away, there's nothing that they can do. I mean, they turn in, you turn in the dealer. Okay, great. That dealer goes to jail for life. The the family doesn't get anything out of that. The family doesn't get any kind of compensation from the person who wronged them. Now the state will get compensated. State will get paid all day long through fines, fees, and, you know, obviously sending the person to a private prison and all the fuckery that happens with that, you know, but, um, the, the damages to the actual victim never, never gets replaced and or, or compensated. That's a problem. And that's exactly what decriminalization would get us. Um, so the difference between decriminalization and legalization is decriminalization is pointed at one aspect of the product, be it possession, be it the manufacturer, be it the the, the trafficking or, or transfer or, or the retail once all stages of a product from manufacture to consumption is is made free and open that is called legalization yep. and that is what we want to see happen that yeah. is what we want to push for
0: i think going back to what you were saying about like um potential pros and cons I, I, one of the, one of the things that i've run into especially when you're arguing with people who identify as socially conservative even if you get to the point where they can see, or at least get on board with like decriminalization, what always stops a lot of people like that from getting on board with legalization usually has to do with like morality. And so, to uh, legalize something is the same as to mm. condone or endorse it, and naturally, that is absurd. Uh, right. It's not at all the same, you know. I mean, to say that someone shouldn't be Going to jail for consuming a, a, a what is now an illegal substance, a foreign substance that impairs only them is is ridiculous to say that that 's immoral is you know a personal choice. I would never on the grounds many grounds but you know most uh, prominently first amendment grounds, I would never ban pornography. I also will have a lot to say person to person about these potential social ramifications, the negative effects that pornography has, especially on young people. That is that is to say I want something legalized to say I want something to be completely divorced from state involvement is not to say I'm condoning it and a lot of people struggle to get over that.
1: Yeah, a lot of people yeah. fail to yeah. to understand nuance. New,
0: nuance. Nuance? Nuance. Nuance. <laughs> I
1: almost, I had it the new, first time. Ants. <laughs> new ants.
0: New ants Nuance. when new
1: ants are introduced to the colony, yeah. you know, yeah. it, it's hard to <laughs> accept them. Things
0: i think drew i think you and i are in a unique position specifically just based on what i know about your persona um we're we're both recovering addicts correct yes absolutely so so we both kind of have um a personal connection with this we both kind of we can see both sides to it and obviously I think there are, I'm, you know, I'm not going to say every single argument against legalization is is a bad argument. I mean, I obviously, especially someone who has struggled with this myself, you know, I, I can understand some of the some of the hesitation. Um, yeah. And something I thought was funny, and this isn't this isn't to really argue one way or another. It's really just to add some context while I was researching and preparing for tonight. I came across uh, a study that was published in the Journal of Addiction Medicine. I'm not going to get too far into it, but one core conclusion was that um, people who use marijuana strongly support the legalization of both recreational and medical marijuana, but persons who primarily use opioid or stimulants, uh, they generally have uh, strong beliefs against legalization of those kinds of substances and i i get why you know having having my drug of choice being opiate at one point i mean i get why i still think my personal interaction my my personal experience with this i still can't help but have it be overridden by some of my principles regarding this right
2: yeah. I mean, the, you know, here's the thing, too, is that like I used to look at alcoholics or, you know, juicers, whatever you want to call them and say, you know, goddamn, I don't know how the fuck you ever got sober because yeah. there's every time you go into 7-Eleven, you know, it's your your drug of choice is staring at you in the face. You know, whereas yeah. with me, you know, like I would have to actively go seek it out. I would have to go find the dope house. But once I was on the other side of it, it, it so I can say and you can say uh, legalize recreational cocaine. And I, I don't mean normalize recreational cocaine. Right. You see what I'm saying? There's a difference in between the two avenues. And, um, so I, I can advocate for one camp and, and it's, it's the cause and effect, right? It's, it's because I don't know about you, what your journey is in recovery. I have gotten so many 24 hour coins and white key tags. I could, fucking plaster a wall I can make a wardrobe out of those key tags like I have relapsed a million and one times and I've tried every which way but loose to get clean uh and besides taking suggestions you know um (laughs) but but in, in the in the time that I did that I I learned a lot and I saw a lot and I've seen people come and go and one of the things that I've learned is that jail is like the last good thing that can happen to any of us. Jail is kind of where the downfall starts to happen more and more and more. That's kind of like, you know, it's an uphill battle or it's uphill getting to that point. But once you start going to jail, you start meeting other people who use or deal or whatever. And it's dude, it's thug college, you know, and um, the system will turn people out. It just it, it's a fucking meat grinder. Yeah, And I think a lot of people who are struggling with addiction or even newly in the rooms, like they can't see the forest through the trees. Right. They can't understand the real problem here. Um, you know, as well as I do. That when we come into recovery, one of the, one of the big lessons that we have to learn is it was never the substances. It was the person. It was me. There was something wrong inside of me. The, the substances were only a symptom of that problem. Right. So once I can, once I can separate, okay, the substances and then the problem, I can look at it realistically and I can see that like, okay, well, jailing people for possession isn't going to fucking fix this. Right and for- forcing people to carry the 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 label of felon for what amounts to a s- mental health issue, like yeah. what the fuck are we doing here?
0: Well, well,
1: and they can't even keep they can't even keep drugs out of prisons, so it's it's no. like what kind of what kind of treatment is that? There should be some sort of, I mean, for nonviolent offenses especially, you know, if we're still going to incarcerate people for that, it it should at least be with kind of a a treatment-centered approach, you know, something more positive. If, you know, if we're going to keep prosecuting people for this, it should be in a way that's not going to kneecap them and make them worse off by the time they get out.
0: Which, you know, we're going to, I mean, as far as, like, prosecuting, I mean, obviously, I don't think anyone here is a fan of Trump, but I don't think any of us are fans of Biden and Kamala Harris. Uh, The idea that, prosecution of of crime and drug crimes is going to go down under Kamala Harris and Joe Biden. People who say that just don't know anything about the history of these two people.
2: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Horrendous picks. A hundred percent. The, the other thing too, is that like, okay, so they have their history and then you have the shit that Trump says. And one of the things that he said is like, he talked about the death penalty for drug dealers. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that'll work, right? I mean, come on, man. Like, uh, fuck. Uh, <laughs> I get so mad. I'm sorry. I get no. so mad. Uh, um, and okay, so like, I did this. I did this thing a while back when I was still on Facebook. I've deleted that hellhole now, but I I reached out to a lot of my friends in recovery, and I said, okay, hit me with your biggest. Stances against legalizing all drugs, and there was like five different things that popped up. One of them was that if you legalize drugs, people are are going to start using more. There's going to be more addicts entering the market. And dude, I don't know about you, but I just don't see my eight year old neighbor starting to do heroin the day it gets legalized. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, maybe I'm wrong, but he seems yeah, just wait. (laughs)
1: <laughs> they're going to start giving it out for halloween <laughs> yeah.
0: oh that reminds me one of my favorite news stories you can find it in local news every year at halloween parents be on the lookout for like thc laced candy no fucking person is ever going to give away their edibles they're never, never going to do that ever never, never.
2: <laughs> Wished i'd found that neighborhood man i got honestly fucking- yeah <laughs> oh yeah hit yeah.
1: me up with a location i'm there <laughs>
2: Drop the pen. Let, let me know who's home. giving
0: out the edibles. And I will, <laughs> but that, that I don't want to command the conversation, but I didn't want to bring this up because I remember years, several years ago, I got into an argument with someone from Colorado, typical Republican, went to school with us. Um, they, we were arguing on Twitter, as one does, about uh, <laughs> drugs, legalizing drugs. And my favorite, my favorite thing, what happened at the end of it, um, he made the claim, falsely, made the claim that since legalization of marijuana passed in Colorado, I think this was in like 2014 or 15 when he said this, um, the overdoses for other drugs has gone up. Usage has gone up. And actually the exact opposite happened. And I I brought up the study just to make sure. But in the American Journal of Public Health published in 2017, um, there was a reversal of opioid related deaths in Colorado since the legalization of cannabis, and my my father, who I'm definitely going to send this episode to, I think he he's a he's a warden, so he's involved in the criminal justice system. He can see a lot of it. Um, but one of the, one of the things that him and I disagree on is marijuana being linked to as a quote unquote gateway drug. And mm. you know I'm you know maybe in the case in the case of some people, you know, they anecdotally say, well, my drug use started with marijuana. But I think that normally is like, it started with trying to numb them to something going on. And they moved on from there. It wasn't so much that marijuana was a gateway drug. It was that they had personal issues that they were not addressing through more appropriate therapeutic means. And they were turning to any substance, my substance right now, since I've stopped using drugs, my big substance is food. Not not (laughs) just, I still have issues I'm trying to work with. And right now I'm leaning on, on food to make me feel better. And that's, I'm overweight. So that's not healthy either, but that's, that's
2: (laughs) (laughs) you know, I put down the spoon and picked up the fork. I get it. Right.
0: Exactly. (laughs) So that's, that's the thing with, with studies like this. it seems like every study seems to, I can't say literally every study. I've not read every, every study, but it seems like there seems to be a trend when you legalize marijuana, other drug-related crimes, other drug-related deaths seem to decrease, despite this decades-old narrative that marijuana is a gateway drug. And marijuana we see across the board, you know, hopefully it happens here in Oklahoma, it starts with that step of being made legally for medical purposes and then full-blown recreational legalization. Yeah. And that's kind of how I want to see it with every drug at a federal level, decriminalization, full-blown legalization.
2: 100%. And and here's the problem that we have with the current approach to marijuana. So I, I don't know, maybe DARE's changed, but like when I was a kid, DARE was like, uh, weed is just as bad as heroin. <laughs> you can overdose on pot or or whatever. And I, I remember the first time I smoked weed and I'm like, uh, okay, I'm a little paranoid. I'm really fucking hungry, but I'm not dying. So I think they're full of shit. They're lying. And when I knew they were lying about pot, I was like, oh, well, they're lying about everything else. And Uh. they weren't. You know, there's there's some things they had it kind of right. Other things they didn't. So if we're if we're going to take the approach and I say we as in like a societal approach to trying to curb substance use, period maybe a good start would be to be fucking honest about it. let's say things do like, let's be honest. And so, yeah,
1: it doesn't help that that marijuana is still schedule one drug.
2: No, not at all. It's insane. And so so, you're saying it's schedule one. Okay. But then, you know, I have, I'm, I'm reading, studying history and I'm looking at these history books and I'm saying that like, Hey, I used to sell laudanum over the fucking counter like you were prescribing depressed housewives heroin at one point in time and oh, yeah. that, and it's like, what the fuck do you know like you're saying that 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 this weed is bad like come on and and so we really do need to take a different approach to this and lying to our kids isn't the solution and to talk to just the uh the the whole gateway drug thing. Here's here's my spin on it. My take is that it's less of a gateway drug and it's more of a gateway culture. And what I mean by that is let's say you really, really, really like this this nice IPA that you can find at your local liquor store, right? And that's all you've ever drank. Right. So that's, You're that's hitting all pretty close to
1: home here. Too. I'm gonna need to <laughs> <just> slow down.
2: <laughs> slow down a little bit. No, I'm just but kidding. keep going. <laughs> okay. But, um, you know, so you find this IPA that you really like and you've never really tried vodka, but you, you've heard some things about it. it might be good. And well, you go in and there's vodka on the counter. So you're going to buy the vodka. You're going to try it before you know it. You've tried several different things at the liquor store for better, or for worse. Not saying that, you know, you're fucking destroying your family or anything else. I'm just using the point of you go to a drug dealer's house just to buy pot. There's a good chance that one day you're going to go there and they're going to have some ecstasy or they're going to have some cocaine are they going to have some heroin the likelihood that you're going to get an honest response from that drug dealer about the the pros and cons of each drug are, are very slim so if we were to legalize and it was like cvs and you go and talk to the pharmacist on hand and say hey what does this do and you get you have an honest conversation with them how is that not a better system how is that not a better system you want to talk about gateway drug goddamn you're forcing the gateway culture to exist, you know, and, and you're, you're, you're sending people out. It's kind of like if we abolish any kind of discussion about, uh, you know, sex education in schools and like, just let kids try to figure it out for themselves. Like, what do you think that leads to right. a shitload of unplanned pregnancies? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it, really bad things. So yeah, take an honest approach to this.
0: So um, what we I'm- need to do. I'm curious of of what you would say to this. Then, so I think in that context, that's exactly right. But to play devil's advocate, I think a lot of people think when they when they hear about drug legalization, they're not thinking about your friendly neighborhood pharmacist. They're usually they immediately try and go, "Well, it's going to be the big tobacco of heroin. It's going to be the big tobacco of of camp of of cocaine." They immediately go for these these immoral Philip Morris Marlboro type companies. And they're, you know, they're not trying to think. Well, I can go and get advice from my local pharmacist about this or that. So, so what, what is the, uh, what would be the response to that if someone raises that issue? Well, what about the kind of, quote unquote, deceptive marketing that we can see from something that is legal, like tobacco, if that same thing were to be implemented for a heroin or cocaine?
2: I think it's throwing the baby out the bathwater, much like the anarchists do whenever I was trying to say, hey, legalization is the way to go with this current government. And they were like, no, because of regulations and taxes. Well, you're, you're missing the fucking point, you know. And, <clears throat> and the same thing with with the other is that what has allowed these big companies to become so big? And that's government. You know, um, doctors for so long were going around and saying, hey, here's Oxycontin and it's not habit forming. You know, this is a addict proof we saw that was a fucking lie. (laughs) You know, these guys are getting kickbacks. I fully, I I would fully support um, us really reevaluating our take on how, who we go after in the event of that. I mean, yeah, we, we, we raked Philip Morris over the coals and there was a couple of choice doctors who like went way overboard prescribing, you know, opiates for a fucking sprained ankle. But, far and wide, we didn't really see that much pushback on these doctors who were getting kickbacks the entire time and maybe didn't really raise a whole lot of red flags in the process. And so it's less of an issue with legalization or keeping it scheduled, you know, one. And it's more of, we have now allowed ourselves to have a system set up around the pharmaceutical industry that protects people. I mean, it doesn't, it, it, the consumer has their hands tied behind their back in a lot of instances. You know, it has to be a really egregious act on behalf of one of these pharmaceutical companies in order to get anything close to justice done. Hell, we're we're all in Oklahoma. We saw what happened with the the you know yeah. pharmaceutical lawsuit. Did that money go to the victims? Fuck no, it went to the state. Yeah. The state wins, we don't, man. Yeah. Wow, you know that fucking I mean?
0: blew my mind.
2: What was it? it was but just- Drew,
0: but
1: Drew, we are the state.
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> We're all in this together, yeah. right?
0: <laughs> that was what it was Johnson and Johnson. It was like five hundred and forty two million dollars or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. That all of it went amount. to like state rehabilitation and state health programs and shit like that. Like, yeah, yeah okay. <laughs>
2: I'll, I'll believe it when I see it. Yeah. Uh, one of my one of, one of the really good places in the in the in the uh, Oklahoma City area that's doing a lot of good work is the Referral Center, and they they take some state funding or, for you know what they can, but but largely they're they're fueled by donations. So the state already had you know a facility that was willing to detox people, and that's that's a hard thing to do. Like you're talking about life or death situations for people that have to go through a medical detox and they're having to operate on a shoestring budget. Like they pull off miracles there, but you already have a place that is attempting to do all the good. And instead of saying, Hey, we're going to take some of this lawsuit money and help them out. We're like, we're going to build a new facility. What the fuck is wrong with you? <laughs> <laughs> what is wrong with you? Why
0: yeah, Why are we down, uh, construction contracts?
2: Yeah. Yeah. And just, just so I don't get my libertarian card pulled. I am not advocating for state funding of anything (laughs) like privatize it all. Absolutely. But just in the context of, you know, what happened, there's shenanigans at play. There's shenanigans at play. I would be, I would be shocked if there wasn't some sort of kickback involved for the person who became the director of this new facility and you know, how attached they are to a certain person's campaign. And uh, it's just all greasy as fuck, man.
1: Um, oh yeah and I and um, back to what you were saying about decriminalization I guess um, a lot of I feel like what a lot of anarchists don't understand or, or think through really I mean sure they're kind of coming at it from a more practical standpoint that way um, because really a, a black a black market uh, that is also free and unregulated is really just kind of a pipe dream uh, right now um, right. but the thing about decriminalization is is that it's still illegal um, to distribute. Um, it's just if yep. you have less amounts of it, then you don't get prosecuted. And and that uh, and oh, go ahead. Uh, basically, what was I going to say? Shit,
2: I had I a point. Up I had a point. <laughs> Sorry, dude. No, no,
1: no, no. It's okay. Um, oh yeah, I, uh, I guess. So there are there are benefits. I mean, Portugal decriminalized all drugs, but that was more of a. Uh, I mean, it's it's it, they're more of a poor country. And so it was more of a desperate attempt to try to lower the drug rates. And uh-huh. but there have been some benefits. Um, The people in treatment between 1998 and 2011. Uh, the number of people in drug treatment increased over 60 percent. Now, uh, more people did experiment with drugs, but um, the stigma is no longer there. You know, people don't abuse it. Or, or people that do abuse it have the treatment available to them, and it's it's not like a, a stigmatized thing. Um, right. But honestly, I think I agree with you in in the sense that I think it's better these substances be legalized because um, you know people want drugs, people want drugs, and that's why they buy them. Um, if you're going to punish a drug dealer uh, with with more prison time than a rapist, which happens. Every once in a while. Uh it just doesn't make sense because people want drugs and people don't want rape. Um you know?
2: <laughs> that's I mean that's true. That is true. Yeah. Yeah, rape isn't pulling very high on the list of uh shit that people want right yeah. now. Yeah, sorry, there's my yeah. rant.
1: There's my longest rant for yeah. the night, I think.
2: <laughs> yeah, I mean I, Nailed
1: I,
0: it, it. it's kinda like cliche or a little on the nose to point to it but like we tried we tried prohibition in this company we or in this country we tried it with alcohol and i mean i there, there's some clear differences there are some clear cultural differences but like overall the theme is very consistent and it's that prohibition yeah. does not work it only leads to more death more violence Less safety in the use of these drugs, more people hurt by them, uh, and, yeah. and it, it, there's there's no getting past that. Despite the, all these arguments, some of them, yes, valid about you know the the morality of drugs, the kind of lesser of two evils if we're talking about decriminalization versus legalization, you know. But it always comes back to this. Uh, it always is worse. Prohibition is is always worse, and. Ever since it's obvious, it's no secret that uh, whenever this drug war started back in the '80s, I mean, this was it was without a doubt pointed more towards um, people of color, and it was pointed more towards it was it was focusing on drugs that were more popular around black people for black people than it was for white people, and that's like that's like the origins of where this started. It's where it's rooted, and it's still that those are still present today those discrepancies in drug charges and drug crimes and in every case whether the person who's being arrested and tried and convicted is white or black it never is better for that person or anyone around them uh as a result
2: no not at all and and to kind of touch on your point on prohibition so here's the fun fun part so the booziest years on record as far as alcohol consumption goes for the for America is back in the 1800s uh there were 7 gallons of corn ethanol consumed per person per year oh my god that is a sh- sh- shitload of <laughs> oh my <laughs> uh, fun little side note the reason we, you know, we can get into that later on, but the reason that there was so much alcohol consumption at the time is because the government was fucking around with taxes and exporting. And so as a result, uh, Americans couldn't sell their booze. So they said, fuck it. I'm going to drink it. So back in the 1800s, <laughs> back in the 1800s government pushed the citizens to seven gallons per year. Um, and then in 1919, this was right before the prohibition era. There was, a uh, uh average of 1.96 gallons per person. Okay. So just in on their own, without any kind of legislation, the American public was able to, and, and before prohibition even happened, mind you, was able to go from seven gallons a year to 1.96. Um, during the prohibition era, there's not a whole lot of data that's that's accurate because, I mean, it's a black market drug right. at that point. So you can't really peg that down. But afterwards, it was hovering around 1.3 gallons per person. And today we're at 2.5 gallons per year per person. So what that tells you, is that before you had 1.8 gallons, so in 1919, and then in the 1930s, you're at 1.3. Prohibition didn't do shit. Prohibition didn't do a thing. And even today, with this many years that have elapsed since Prohibition ended, we're still only at 2.5. We've never gotten close to where we were at that one point in time. So you cannot tell me that if these drugs were legalized, that you would see more of a use the dr- using drugs or not using drugs is not a moral issue. It's not. And if a law is so capable of fixing someone's moral character, why don't we have laws against being poor? Why don't we have laws bit against being hungry? If the law is so capable of creating a better life for somebody.
1: Yeah. We should have poor it's free just, zones.
2: Don't we, don't we? Yeah. Poor Indiana free or like a town
0: in Indiana, just Illegalize COVID nineteen? Is that a is thing? Isn't that a <laughs> that is thing? <laughs> Sorry, COVID. You're, not you're illegal on. now.
2: <laughs> COVID free zone. It's
0: like the, yeah, it's like the logic behind gun free zones. I think one of my favorite uh, instances of this being demonstrated in, in pop culture was in HBO's Boardlock Empire, and uh, Enoch Thompson, who's based on the real life Enoch Johnson. Um, played by the lovely Steve Buscemi, he, at the very first episode of this series, there uh, a bunch of politicians, the sheriff, all these cronies are coming together. They are pushing for uh, the illegalization of booze because they see the opportunity there. They are celebrating at midnight when the Volstead Act goes into effect. They all cheer with their champagne, oddly enough. They all cheer because they know <laughs> Look, all this alcohol is now suddenly worth three times more, and production is going to keep up. Oh, and also now half the alcohol in the market is poisonous swill we're making in some garage two miles from here on the outskirts of the city. And it's not even safe to drink anymore. Like that, that's exactly what prohibition did.
2: Yeah, 100%. What are you going to do? You're going to call the cops on me? You're gonna call the cops for buying an illicit substance and consuming oh, yeah. it. Yeah, well, fuck you. you know, they they knew better, you know. And but you know, we saw the the rise of the mafia family, you know, yeah. and 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 the mobs really. God, man, I mean, they blew up around this time. Yeah. Um, and just like you see right now, man, the cartel has taken. I mean, let's just fuck the cartel. Look at the people's lives in Mexico. Yeah, ravaged, ravaged. Man, there's a couple of accounts I follow on Twitter, and it's like. Cause these people don't give a shit. They're putting like videos of this stuff on Instagram and these, I saw a, a soccer game with 10 year old kids. They're playing soccer and all of a sudden gunfire breaks out. Guy gets shot in the middle of the fucking field. I just, I have a daughter, man. I can't imagine that happening here. Yeah. And to think that we're taking the moral high ground by keeping these substances, substances illegal and giving these people power, dude, it's fine.
1: Dude, yeah no the i mean cartels wouldn't even exist if if these drugs weren't so heavily stigmatized and and just you know kept behind a curtain of f- you can't have that it's illegal
2: yeah. right yeah yeah and i don't go ahead go ahead
0: i, I was just going to no, go. agree i mean it's, it's <laughs> uh i i feel like I'm an advocate of, of pop culture in a lot of ways because when it comes to especially, like, issues like this, it, it, we're able to, like, contextualize some of the issues. You know, people hear about, oh, it was bad in Colombia when Pablo Escobar was the reigning drug lord. But then you watch Narcos, which, which I know is... Which is even... propaganda. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it is. And I'm not going to say, hey, everybody go watch Narcos and love the DEA, but, like, I am going to be like... This does provide some context to just how shitty things were, just how much violence was going on. Or uh, I know it was, you know, de- decried by the left because a white woman wrote it, but American Dirt by, by Janine Cummings. I mean, that is a very good book about a woman trying to escape the grasp of, of uh, the head of a cartel in, in Mexico. I mean, it, the, the kind of violence that, that these people face, I mean... It's easy to see what it potentially looks like through some of these pop culture outlets. And I don't understand how someone can can look at that to read that or whatever and still think, oh, that's fine. It's, you know, oh, that's so far away. It doesn't bother me. Or surely legalization wouldn't be the fix. But like, it is. And, and, and to try and get people to that is important. And it seems to be very difficult even with the progress that's been made, but hopefully progress will continue to be made on that front.
2: Yeah. I mean, we're, we're, we can all hope so. Um, Man, it's been a huge fight just getting weed to be understood and realized for what it actually is. And we're still not even there yet. I mean, here in Oklahoma, it's just medical. It's not legal yet. Um, There is about to be a push uh, for decriminalizing uh, psilocybin mushrooms Norman. Uh, the OKLP or the central region of OKLP is about to get behind that effort. Um, and let's, we'll see what happens, yeah. but it, it's little steps like that in the right direction. But the, the biggest point that we have to do or have to set out to do is educate other people, just like your dad. Like you said, your dad, you know, I mean, he's only seeing one aspect of it yeah. and he's seeing the worst aspect of it you know he's probably seeing some monsters come through his facility and you know uh, that's it is what yeah. it is but understanding that the mentality and the substances are two separate things and yeah that's 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 the challenge i
0: think one of the last things i want to plug and i'm a big fan of them um it's the multiple what? <laughs> I'm
1: sorry. I just, I just saw the, the big text on there. I laughed. Yeah, the, it says, making MDMA a medicine. Hell yeah!
0: The Multidisciplinary yes. Association oh, yeah. for Psychedelic Studies. They published a seminal study just earlier this year about the positive effects of using MDMA as a uh, as a aid for PTSD treatment. And there was massive positive effects that came that that study demonstrated. And so like, just like you brought up psilocybin, I mean, just rethinking some of these drugs, um, both with the ones that are actually harmful and what it looks like to legalize them, but then also looking at the ones like marijuana, and I would argue like psilocybin, that aren't just illegal, there's also a lot of documented positive effects of their use but they're stigmatized because it's all looped into drugs illegal drugs it's all it's all illegal and there's no nuanced thinking about how they're actually very different from each other
1: well and and me laughing also i will just add is a result of the you know propaganda that has been fed to me because i honestly have not done enough research on uh, mdma to be able to understand What Dylan just said. <laughs> I mean, I mean, I'm really yeah. just gonna have to s- study it myself. But there's my- a
0: lot of good stuff. <laughs> just say that.
1: Okay.
2: <laughs> Sources yeah. dude, trust yeah. me. dude trust me. Take my for it, man. Dude, trust. But uh, but the reality is is that so the the negative um, kind of connotation that the a lot of these substances have gathered is as a result of people who are unable to achieve yeah. moderation. So a lot of these substances, when taken in moderation, have net positives. Yeah, um, MDMA is one of them. It does it wonders for PTSD. It does a lot of wonders for people who are struggling as far as uh, romantic relationships goes. Like maybe a couple has been together for a while. They're just having problems. MDMA is a miracle oh, yeah. drug for that. Um, that's where it was one of the first uses that it was, you know, um, same thing with LSD, same thing with psilocybin mushrooms. Like there's, there's applicable places for these drugs to exist within the free market where they can do some good. And we cannot bubble wrap our society if we haven't found out after 40 years and a trillion dollars fighting a drug war that's gotten us a police state from border to border across the entire nation. I don't know what yeah. it's going to take if that hasn't opened our eyes because you've got people who are BLM, uh, rioting, doing this or that, protesting. They're pissed off and they're just – there's no real direction but I'm telling you, man, are you end the drug war, a lot of these yeah. problems go away. You're, there's no need to militarize the police if you're not having to do no knock raids on drug yeah. dealers' houses. You know, there's, there's no need to have that fucking Bearcat <laughs> that our tax dollars paid for rolling down Main Ridiculous. Street with sheriff yeah. written on the side. Like, there's no need for that. It's insane. It's just absolutely. Well, and it's something dead, like 47 you know?
1: of of men in the United States are in jail for drug offenses. If we were able to free all those people up, get them out of there. You know, for their nonviolent offenses, shouldn't be they shouldn't even be offenses. No. Um, no. We, we would free up right. so much revenue either to give back to the people, or, or you know, if we have to keep it in the system, rehabilita- rehabilitation services. Um, but I think the the one of the <clears throat> one of the best innovators um, in in trying to make it more of a mm-hmm destigmatized thing is Ross Ulbricht, you know, he created Silk Road, um, and of course he's in jail for the rest of his life so I just want to plug right now freeross.org um, go ahead, sign that petition, yes. make a donation if you can because um, Ross Ulbricht created a website where you could uh, sell and have delivered to your door with no danger from buying from a physical dealer uh, any, any kind of drug you could imagine, really um, which you know, mm-hmm. that wasn't good for people with addictions, but it, it was sure was good for uh, you know, just destigmatizing all that stuff. And um, I don't, I guess
2: that's where I'll I'll cease. Sorry,
1: that was <laughs> yeah, just problem. no, you're good. I just well, no, want to, and, and to he, Ross.org another, while we're on the topic. Um, yeah.
2: Another another good point about Ross is he never actually sold yeah, any yeah. of those drugs. Never. All he did was create the website and other people got on there and sold the drugs. Now he got two life sentences plus 40 some odd years. Yeah, Isn't that what it was? Absurd. Something crazy. Yeah.
1: It's multiple life sentences yeah. for for a
0: website.
2: Yeah. And it, for a fucking website, it's, and man, I don't know if you follow I him do, on yeah. Twitter or it's his mom. Who dude, that is so fucking depressing. The dude is, he's obviously a, yeah. a sweetheart of a man. You know, he's for some reason still hasn't been like hardened by being in federal prison for over a decade now. It's over a decade now.
1: Yeah, I think 13 years or something like that. Let me
2: see. Yeah. So he's been in there 13 years and he's still like speaking from his heart. And it's just it's sad, man. It's sad to know that that man never harmed anybody. The non-aggression principle was never broken by Ross Ulbricht ever. And yet he has sat 13 years in prison with no real yeah. way out. Like the only shot that he has is clemency. That is the only thing he cannot. There's no parole, no, no pardon from a governor. Like he has to have a president sign off yeah. and say, you're free to go. And that's a dude. That's talk about looking down the But well, Who knows? I
0: mean, if Trump, uh, you know? if Trump pardons Snowden, maybe we can get him to do Ross next. <laughs>
2: Jesus maybe Joe Trump yeah and then
0: Joe Joe
1: (laughs) (laughs) God well Joe Jorgensen said she would pardon uh, Ross Ulbricht but that's you know obviously another pipe dream I'm gonna vote I'm gonna vote for her we'll see we need her on the debate stage that's what I'm concerned about right now I just don't think it's gonna happen
2: uh, they, they've they more or less said that they're not going to do it. They're not going to allow her on the Well, they're not even polling same. her. They, they said would they. they would
1: allow, you know, if she got 15%. In a poll, she in a poll she's not in. In a poll that she's not included in. Well, then maybe she'll get on the right. debate stage. Yeah. Oh, boy. Oh, man.
0: I'm pulling my hair out over that
2: one. Yeah, it's enough to pull your hair out.
0: All right. Well, uh enough we to pull plug your hair out. Um, we're at Sapere Day Pod on Twitter and Sapere Day Pod at gmail.com. We, we're back from a hiatus, I guess, but we don't know what it looks like. But this is technically the start of season two, we're listing it as. So,
1: hey, that makes sense. The hiatus, yeah. <laughs> the hiatus wasn't a hiatus, it was just the end of season one.
0: That's exactly right. That's, that's, what, that's, that's what, what we're we, saying. I, yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
2: It was the build-up. Yeah, the yeah. crescendo is, is occurring. Here we go. That's awesome. Um, so And mine is, you know, obviously the Clean Libertarian podcast available on most of the podcast outlets that you can find it. But on Twitter, I, I don't do the Facebook thing. Zuckerberg can kiss yes. my fat one ass. <laughs> Fuck him. Um, but uh, Twitter, I'm at clean underscore podcast or liberty drew 84. And... Uh, Alright,
0: yeah. awesome. Well, this was a great discussion i think listeners of both of our podcasts will benefit from and if you follow us make sure you go follow drew his podcast and his uh, his personal page i have not listened to all of his episodes but i did listen to one with todd hagopian the other day we've also the todd father we've also interviewed todd so at todd least go father. check out that episode
2: Um, And and one last thing, if you're listening to this and you're an anarchist or you're an agorist or whatever, and you see a petition and it says legalize this substance, (laughs) please, please fucking sign it. Decriminalization does not mean what you think it does. I swear to God, it doesn't fucking hit me up we can discuss DMs legalization is what's going to help your fellow consumers in this given market be able to yeah. not fucking <laughs> laugh die I have blood ones dying a lot of people have blood ones dying I would really like to see people stop well and it's a good way to put it, it too. So, yeah. the
1: way you put it yeah I mean
0: it's it's accurate
2: yeah so that's all, all right. I got to say that's all I got to say, right. say about that
0: awesome well thanks for talking to us that's absolutely
2: man it was a good time
0: The Day is a production from Gaudium, for fun, for future.
1: Hosted by me, Aaron Johnson.
0: And me, Dylan Shoup. See you again next time.